What's up, everybody? You were tuned in to the Arrowhead Chief Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dow. Hope everybody's having a great week. Um, it's April Fool's Day, so I know you guys are on Twitter right now getting your jokes off with certain trades and moves going on. And I just want to tell y'all, you all can go to hell. I just want to let you know that right now. <laughs> with your, your fake trades and stuff like that. You know we're on Twitter looking to see if we're going to make some moves. So, once again, you guys can go to hell. But anyway, what's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Uh, we got some things to get into. First of all, I want to say what's up to my co-host, DJ and March. What's happening, Mark? What's happening? It's another week in the, in, the, in the city, another week in the kingdom, another week in the podcast. So, uh, some, some things to talk about. Let's, let's see what we got. Yeah, man. So, let's talk about it. First of all, this week... Um, there were reports because you know we've been talking about the wide receiver room with the signing of Juju Smith Schuster and MVS, and uh, <clears throat> the breakdown of MVS's contract is actually pretty favorable. It's only like four and four million dollars, and then they can get out of the contract next year if they want to. So that's kind of crazy. But let's get into the report that the Chiefs are asking around. For other team now, the key word is asking for their top receivers with a plural. So it doesn't mean that they're particularly asking for like DK Metcalf. They could be asking the Jaguars for like Lavisca Chanel, or you know, because the other key word was teams that you're you're not even thinking of, or they could be calling the Commanders and asking for uh, Terry McLaughlin, which I wouldn't mind that. Um, you know, some of these hot, some of these low level first, you know, wide receivers, you know, not somebody like a D, like I said, a DK Metcalf. I've seen people talk about AJ Brown or Debo Samuel. Let me tell you something. We are not getting either one of them players. Tennessee's not trading AJ Brown to the Kansas um, City Chiefs. There's a reason why they build more receivers that way <coughs> more options get open. So let's go ahead and get that out <laughs> real quick. Yeah, we're not getting AJ Brown. If the Tennessee Titans give us A.J. Browns because we gave them a haul of draft picks that they just could not refuse. Like, we gave them both of our first round, both of our second round picks, and one of our thirds. That would be the only way. And we're not doing that for one receiver. I don't care. And I like A.J. Brown. He's a very good wide receiver. But he kind of gets hurt a little bit too much for me, too. So, but... Like I said, I don't see us getting him. As far as DK Metcalf, um, I, I it's pros and cons to DK Metcalf because I know we always had our gripes. Oh, we could have drafted Metcalf, um, uh, Metcalf over Miko Hartman. And my problem was with Metcalf was is that he only has two routes that he runs. Like he's not the greatest route runner. It's it's either nine route post. Or, uh, you know, one of those type of routes, like those deep routes. He's not really like an out route type guy or, you know, anything like that because his route tree is very, very, very small. So not to say I wouldn't want DK Metcalf. And then the other part of it is if you're, if you're going to get DK, you get, you're going to have to give him an extension. 
Now, I don't mind giving him an extension because he's going to be 25 years old. So he's younger than Tyreek. And in our system, because uh, and, and then it's obviously going to tell you that the offense is going to change to a more physical style of play. Because now you got DK Metcalf, who's like 6'4", 240. You got Juju, who's like 6'1", 215. You got MVS, who's like 6'4", 215. So you're getting bigger wide receivers, which means they're going to possibly run the football more. And so they need more physical wide receivers to be able to block better. So if you're getting a DK, that's what you're saying. Now, he brings speed. He's fast. But, you know, like I said, there's pros and cons to getting DK Metcalf. So I don't know. So what's your thoughts, man? Oh, man, my thoughts about this. It's one of those situations where it's kind of like on paper, it's like looks like fireworks. But then you really put it in perspective, you're like, eh. It might be some other options. And also, like you said, it's like he's going to be one of those players. From the, this was what I'm saying. It would be more like a rental as, a per, as opposed to a long term. Um, obviously, you know, of course, you know, the Chiefs, you know, they are definitely looking into the future. They always have those one or two receivers. And like I said, we're talking about a, a GM that knows how to draft and find that talent. Who knows? Right. Like, who is to say that they may not, that they may or may not find it somewhere in this draft? Because yeah. let's be real, they probably will be drafting. I mean, with all those picks that they have as of now, they could find those one or two receivers and everything, and you know how well they find them late in the rounds that might all of a sudden just take off on them. You never know. Um, or do I believe that they're finished probably looking at receivers between free agency and draft? No. No. I, uh, I don't know. It's me, it's like I'm almost like at a hard no on this one as far as with this with, – with that option. I would say more so. I'd be more defensively focused in offense as far as like going with a DK. Or is there is like the other options like you said. Like if the option on the table is probably looking at uh, uh McLaurin. McLaurin, which I've seen him develop. Right. Know, as far as like even with some of the different quarterbacks uh, he's had. So I definitely like him. He's young. Yeah. He's definitely shown some promise. He got some, he got some flash. He can uh, We've seen him as a number one because he's had to step up and that's what he had right. to be because I can't even think of any other receiver over there that's even knowingly worth talking about. Yeah. No disrespect to the commanders or whatever they are going to be tomorrow. But <laughs> but that's just the reality. I would much rather go in that direction. Me like, too. Whether it, be, whether it be trading picks or whatever, to me it just seems to be the more realistic approach. Yeah, because I, I think you could get Terry McLaughlin for like a second or third instead of giving away your first-round pick. I don't think he would garner a first-round pick. I think you can get him for a little cheaper. Um, I would really like, you know, the kid from Jacksonville, LaVisca Chenault. He has potential. He has upside. He's young. He's only 23. You probably can get him for like a sixth, seventh-round pick. I don't think you'd have to give away a bunch of big draft capital because it's not like – it'd be different if he was putting up 12, 1,300-yard seasons with yeah, the quarterbacks that he – you know – He's, uh, he's coming the, off a team in Jacksonville. Exactly. Just absolutely, you know, they're one of those. Pfft, they're a dumpster so fire. They, That's they, what they are. I mean, every last, <laughs> every last one of them receivers gets a pass. And mm. So it's like, it's like you don't know what they. Like, it, who, who knows? This could be that turnaround year to where, because I'm not saying they're gonna go out there and win the division, but hey, you know the NFL is full of surprises. Yeah, they are. So yeah, I, I wouldn't mind getting a kid like that because he has potential upside. 
and and and, it, and also it kind of speaks to what the Chiefs are buying into too. Like, let's take Juju Smith-Schuster for example. I think people over. I think people underrate Juju because of the TikToks and some of the stuff that he does. In which I don't mind. Look, I'd rather Juju Smith-Schuster to be doing TikToks. To me, out here beating on women and robbing people and doing all kinds of stuff and the commu- bad things that he could be doing that some of these other guys do and get these big contracts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'd rather have Juju let him do his TikToks. I don't care. As long as he's working out and he's producing on the field. And you could say, well, Chris, he didn't really produce with the Steelers the last few years where he was hurt last year. And then the year before that, he's got Big Ben throwing him the football. I mean, come yeah. on. Let's just keep it real. And even so, um, they asked this question in the, uh, when they had this conference and stuff. Like they said, take a look at some of the tape that he was looking at prior to like his injury. Um, I would say look at the rookie year that he had. Go back to that tape. Uh, look at some of the ways that he was able to produce and, and whatnot. It's like, we don't know if he is going to uh, solely be the one or the two. Like I said, you know, yeah. this team is full of surprises. But one element of the game that's really not talked about, we don't talk about it. But nothing but a handful of players, though. Look at his uh, block, the blocking that he does on a rush. Yeah, that's what is like actually really impressed me too, along with his ability to be able to get open. That yeah. will like that kind of stuff does make a difference. We're talking about a system where we say we're so we're where they're very pass happy, and we definitely need those um, receivers that can make those blocks and be able to buy some time. I and mean, the O line is going to, is going to do what they do, but also it does make a difference when you do have that that one or even two receivers that can block down the field and to be able to open things up, whether it be between or outside the hash marks. Yeah, I agree. Now, like I was talking last night with the homie Clarence and uh, the homie uh, developer Ken, I was saying about Juju uh, is that, um, <clears throat> shout out to the No Hayden podcast, check them out. But I, like I was saying with Juju was, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not sitting here saying that he'll be 1,400-yard Juju because, you know, that was a little bit of a product of Antonio Brown being on the other side. So Juju was getting a lot of one-on-ones, and so Big Ben would just go to him. But I wouldn't be surprised if Juju has 1,100 yards mm-hmm. and, like, seven to eight touchdowns. Like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a spectrum of I wouldn't be surprised if Juju has – Seven to eight hundred yards, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he has eleven hundred yards. Well, that's usually realistically as far as the take, usually how it goes. And even if you look down uh, the list, um, typically the top receivers, usually you'll have when you have a unique talent, especially with a, a Kelsey as well. Usually they have that uh, those two receivers that are at least they have clips over the thousand yards, as opposed to some of those teams that may only have that one that's carrying that's like literally carrying the load because they absolutely have to. But, you know, when you have somebody like Kelsey that can complement that and everything, it's almost like a guessing game, like who's going to get it. When you can get Kelsey has 1,000 yards, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, got 1,000 yards. I wouldn't be surprised if they potentially even had a third that was, if not over, but close. Mm. It's just based on the, traje- the trajectory and how this team like, runs their offense, I would not be surprised if you had at least three 1,000-yard uh, uh, receivers. Yeah, because I think, of course, they're going to go to a more – spread the ball around offense instead of being so, um, you know, centric on the top guys, you know, getting all the kids, the tire, you know, when Tyreek was there, it was more Hill and Kelsey and then everybody else fill a work role. Even when Sammy was there, 
Sammy didn't get a lot of volume catches, but what Sammy did was he provided a, a skill set to he can get open. I don't, you know, I can get open in one-on-one coverage and I'm reliable on third down. That's what Sammy was good at. If if it's third and five, third and seven, and he and, and we need a first down, Tyreek Hill maybe double coverage. They might got somebody, you know, who's bracketing Travis Kelsey. Sammy would get open and make some big catches for us, especially in the playoffs. So I think there's going to be more of that with this team, you know, depending on what the first, what we do as far as getting receiver one, whether it go trade a first round pick to get a, a, a top tier wide receiver, or they go through the draft and say, Hey, this kid is special. He's wide receiver one. Yeah. <clears throat> or cause really, let's just keep it real. Travis Kelsey is wide receiver one. That, that That's really what it is. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is wide receiver one. Now, but he was really wide receiver one with Tyreek because it was 1A, 1B. They complimented each other. Yeah, it was 1A, 1B. You know, one, you know tra- Travis helped out on the underneath stuff, but, but Tyreek took the top off and defenses were so scared of him that it did help out Kelsey in the underneath stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just this the past season, teams figured out, let's go too high safety and not let – Tyreek get deep. So now Tyreek had to learn to work in between the hashes. And he developed his game. He did. He really did. But I think with this team, they're going to spread it around, not be so much, you know, oh, we got to double this guy, double this guy. It's going to be a lot of probably more one-on-one coverage Mm -hmm. for these wide receivers. And hopefully this is telling us that Andy Reid is finally going to use the running game more. You know, because the thing about it is they say Andy Reid doesn't like to run the football. But I beg to differ because when we had Kareem Hunt, he ran the football. Yes. When we had um, Jamal Charles, uh-huh. he ran the football. So it's not so much. I just feel like he – I believe he got away from it. That's what it was. When you got Patrick Mahomes and you got these – you got, you know, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, and then you added Sammy to that – I think, you know, the mad scientist <laughs> yeah, I mean, of him kind of. I mean, like, that's just how historically it's been. Yeah. It's like even just, you can even categorize the whole AFC West just in general. It's like typically it was always that first or second down, you expect a run play, and then yeah. that third down, hey, you might like, see the pass. It's very rare that you receive. Like sometimes they go throw on first down. It's just that's just the way they were. You can talk about even the days with uh, Denver. They had the Terrell Davises and all that stuff. And then they had their steward running backs. They were a running team that set up the pass. Same thing even with the Chargers when they had Ladainian Thompson. They were a running team and then that developed the passing game. Right. The Andy Reid comes in here. He just flips the whole script. And because it's just the talent that he that he has, and it's like he's just nothing but but more toys to play around with. You know, yeah. as far as they're being able to get open, get separation. And that's one thing is like is being able to is like it was a fortunate piece that when they had the uh, Tyreek Hill. Do I still believe that they can do that with the receiving uh, pieces that they have? Yeah, it's absolutely possible. Um, even so, when I was uh, talking about the possible, you could have three three receivers. Um, I would say this. This is another factor I'm gonna throw out there. Um, I strongly believe that McCole Harmon, despite all that happens, I think he's gonna have a career season. 
I do too. I think I think uh, his highest uh, total as far as receiving I think was close to seven hundred. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he if he eclipsed eight hundred. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That usually these players like they they show up. It's like I know he's on a contract. Yeah, you want to get paid something like that. But I think this is um, some one of those things where he wants to prove himself. Like hey, he's like this is don't forget about me and everything despite all this going on and all these other picks and stuff like that. Right. I strongly believe he's gonna make that statement. There was actually a photo that was actually put out there where they put out the threats and stuff like that. And this was prior to the trade where they had uh, Tyreek Hill at the time. They also had Kelsey. And then they also had uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. And they left them off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, this is, if I was in this, I don't feel some type of way and everything. He He's going to leave he me off and it. everything. He posted it. And I, I, I get it. And he had the little... Sad eyes. Yeah, man. I think I think there's number motivation for the Jets yeah. is like for him to take it up to the next level. I think he's like he's gone through his share of adversity. He's gone through some of the challenges, stuff like that. But I think he's going to have a career year. I think this is year to really show up and shine, no matter what happens going to next season. And I saw some photos. It looks like Pat Patrick is already working with some guys. He's out there working with Josh Gordon. He's out there working with uh, Corey Coleman, somebody we picked up, you know, who's a young guy who's trying to get his career back. He's trying to get that rapport with Patrick Mahomes. I would like to have seen McCall out there. I don't know what it is with McCall in the offseason. He's like, oh, that's what OTAs are for. I would like you to go to Texas, man, and go work with Patrick, man. I want y'all to get that rapport. You are the veteran receiver (laughs) in this room now. You know the offense better than you know all of them you know you you know even josh gordon with him being on the team you know the offense you've been here longer than him you know so other than travis you are the only other receiver that knows this offense so i would like for mccall to step up also as a leader this year in that locker room you got to step up bro because it's a different dynamic now. You are one of the guys now. You are all that the 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 touches that you want to get mm-hmm. that you was kind of complaining about. Well, what the am NFC I supposed? Title game specifically, yeah. yeah. But what am I supposed to do when I got Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill in front of me? Well, you ain't got try. You ain't got Tyreek Hill no more. It's you. This is what they brought you in for. It's like remember, it's like in the very beginning, mm-hmm. it was like if despite you know whatever happened, you know if Tyreek was playing or if he was suspended or whatever. Um, I mean, fortunately, it worked out to where you guys yeah. both playing simultaneously, and you're able to see some growth and see some promise. But now that 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 uh, that safety net is like, if that's what we want to call it, is off. Um, this is your, this is your time to do your things, like whether it be in special teams or whether it be as a receiver. They show yeah. that show that you can be both. I mean, we've seen spurts of it there. We've seen we've seen you overcome like the the mistakes, and you do something explosive the very next. It's like you yeah. go out there and be the next explosive thing. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, this is very going to be a very important year for the wide receivers in that room and getting rapport with Patrick. And Patrick also has to step up as he's going to step his game up again as a leader with those wide receivers. Like, you know, if you read the article today, that um, what was this? Uh, Sports Illustrated put out an article with Patrick Mahomes, and they were talking to Patrick since the Tyreek trade. And you come to find out he knew that this was going to happen. He knew Tyreek Hill was going to leave. And he and he even said himself, I have to step up as a leader the same way that he did with the with the offensive line, he said. Last year they brought in a new offensive line. He knew he had to bring because he was just so used to having Mitchell Schwartz 
and uh, and Eric Fisher there, who had been there before mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, they were already staples and leaders, so he could lean on them. Last year, the offensive line had to lean on him. The Orlando Browns, the Trey Smiths, the Creed, the Creed Humphreys, the Tooney, you know, even, you know, what's your name, uh, uh, Louis Nguyen, when he was healthy on that right side, they had to lean on Patrick because he he's the leader now. He, he's, the, he's the guy who's been in there, and these are the new guys. Mm-hmm. And once he started gelling with them, he learned to stay in that pocket more. And I do like it that this season he's saying, I got to be more better in the pocket. Yes, I'm going to make my plays outside the pocket. That's just who I am. But, yes, he's going to have to be trust his offensive line more. And that's what's so great about what Brett Beach did last year. But getting assembling this offensive line like he did last year because he was a step ahead. Now we're not scrambling around trying to mix and match our offensive line with these defensive ends that's coming into this this division mm-hmm. with the Chandler Jones, with the Khalil Max, And then you still got Bosa and Max Crosby. <clears throat> and, and, you know, what? A, and then Bradley Chubbs and, and Randy Gregory. We got a good offensive line now. So I'm not worried about it. Like I said, I, I'm, I trust Brett Veach. I, pre, I trust Andy Reid that they're going to go out there and get the right guys to be on this 53-man roster, especially on that offense when it comes to the wide receiver position. So I am not worried. We still got Patrick Mahomes. We still got Andy Reid, Eric B. Enemy, Rob Matt Nagy kind of be a little bit more creative with some of the looks that we give people um, hopefully they get away from being so RPO centric now, and tr- we're trying to run a little bit more of a traditional offense, uh, a little bit more play action. I want to see more play action, especially with the wheels that Patrick Mahomes has. You know, you could use that to his av- advantage a little bit more. Use that running game. We just signed Rojo, who, with all his flaws, I like Rojo. I like he's a big body guy. He's not one of them small guys that we like to sign. He's 5'11", like 2, you know, 210, 215, big guy. But he can get away from people, too. He can run past people. He's good between the tackles. And that's something that we we need. We need a guy who can break away from people, who can make big plays. And Rojo has those type of potential. He's only 24, which is crazy. I thought he was in the league longer than that. So, <clears throat> so I think this run game is going to be better. I think the uh, – uh, I think Patrick is going to be better from the pocket and he's going to spread the ball around. So, you know, it'll be, you know, it's going to be interesting and an exciting thing to see. All right. So let's talk about the defensive side. Um, There's been, there's been reports, you know, we keep hearing this reports of they've been closely in contact with Stephen Gilmore. Um, They want to sign him, but they want him to bring his number down a little bit. I don't know how much the number is. Um, then there's also another report that they want to go get James Bradbury, but the, the the draft compensation, the draft pick compensation that the Giants want, you know, is still up in the air. I think the Chiefs want to give them a, <laughs> like a fifth or a seventh round pick, and what's the name? The Giants want like a third or a fourth. So I think that's really where they're kind of hung up at. So I think they get one of the guys. I think they either get Gilmore or they get Bradbury. I also think that they're kind of playing each other again, playing off of each other. So I think that because J- J- 
James Bradbury is more of a uh, roster dump for the Giants. They need to because I think yeah. they're dang near at the bottom of the league when it comes to they cap are. space too. They because are. I think toward the, <laughs> I think toward the end of the last season, yeah. it was really bad. Yeah, so they they trying to get rid of that uh third was that thirteen million something like that. So and but the, and then I heard reports that they want to get you know they're even willing to take half of that or some of that pay you know the salary and still pay it. So it will be like probably let's say it's, if it's thirteen point five million roster dump, then let's say Giants say okay we agreed to like five million. So now it's like what seven. Seven somewhere around seven, seven, eight. Seven, eight million. You're signing Bradbury too. And maybe if it's if it's that, then you could just do the one year deal. But if they if it's a little bit higher, then I would see the Chiefs probably trying to make a two year extension or something like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just to keep that cap space down so they can make other moves. That and also is like thinking long term with the defense as well. It's like you want to be able to, you don't want to keep getting say one year deals and all of a sudden there's yeah. no chemistry the next year. So, yeah. it would be just good at do, uh, figuring that stuff out. Now, it, my my preference, I'd rather have Gilmore. I know Gilmore is older, but Gilmore has more. He's more high end than James Bradbury. Bradbury's very good. Don't get it messed up. He's a very good corner. He was good in Carolina. He was pretty good with the Giants, as good as he could be, you know. But he was pretty good with the Giants. But I just like Stephen Gilmore because he has that pedigree, that, that championship pedigree, right? Mm-hmm. He's a veteran who knows what it's like to be with a championship team when he played with the Patriots. He's been there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, we, and you know it's not. it wouldn't be the first time the Chiefs got those veteran uh, – Corners and everything. Yeah. Remember, they did the Revis experiment a couple yeah. of years ago. Well, that was different. But, but even so, it was like we're, it was like we're flash forward and everything. You talking about those teams that came from that uh, from the Patriots? They come from. They understand and also <laughs> to, to bring in that veteran leadership and yeah. also just that mm-hmm. that camaraderie that that defense is going to need. Um, is like, will we be able to get it out of other players that are currently on their defensive roster? Um, I would say Nick Bolton is probably in process yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, Willie Gay, Gay, I like his energy. I love like, Willie I, Gay. Like, we'll see how he develops. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Jones, he just needs to take that next step Damn. and set the bar. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we talked about in the last podcast the difference between Jones and all, it's like Jones and uh, Aaron Donald and then the execution of it. It's like even so, if you go back to um, last year in that title game and everything, he gets that sack. It sets a tone. Yeah. It, it from the line all the way back to the safety. I mean, granted, you could have made that argument as far as well. Matthews, that guy, but also it's like just it's like you can't execute it. It makes you hard to be that guy and everything. Yeah. But when you bring in a, a, a Gilmore or something like that, who's proven it can, and still can get the job done, it adds um, more to it to what you guys need. It's like there's somebody to look out for. Um, there's other teams in the division, I believe, that might have that one or two threats as far as like in the secondary, with exception of the Raiders, who I can't think of any right now. Just rocky, um, sin. But they I, traded for. But I think, uh, say, if the Chiefs can make that acquisition, say, to find that veteran player on defense that can execute and be that voice, I think they'll be just fine. I mean, one way or another, you mean, yeah. like I said, we're a ways out. They yeah. can still draft another, uh, draft a corner. We may not see it coming. Somebody who who we thought may not be on the board. Like I said, weird stuff happens in the draft. Who knows? I would love it if Derek Stingley Jr. dropped in the draft. I would really love that. But, hey, I don't see that happening. 
Um, I like the kid from Florida too, the Elam kid. He's pretty. He's he's a big corner. Um, there's some corners in this draft mm. that we can get definitely. That you know, first or second round that we could pick up. I, I also wouldn't mind them picking up that safety from Michigan, Daxton Hill. I like him. He's he the guy you can move around the field. They they say he could play corner. That's how athletic the kid is. Say he can play mm. corner. So <clears throat> I like I like either or, you know. But I do want them to get a veteran presence, president presence. Yeah, out there to uh, offset you know him and you know you get. Stephen Gilmore, Legereus Sneed will be your one and two corners. You know, that's off top. You know, maybe you get a young guy with Fenton and DeAndre Baker. I'm good with that room. I'm good with that cornerback room. I do see them probably getting another safety in the draft too. Or maybe yeah. they see with maybe a development, because I know he didn't look good last year. Or maybe him developing within the system getting better, getting more acclimated. The Devin Key kid who was on the team last year, um, he showed flashes. He did show flashes, and I think that him being in the system for a year, maybe he can come in and be that other safety that we just signed Devin Bush or Deion Bush. Deion Bush is a decent, you know, he had a career year last year. He was pretty good. Um, So we got some safeties in there, man. Um, It's just, you know. <clears throat> they're going to develop this defense, and I trust them. And there's still some defensive ends out there that they can go get. They can get a Jerry Hughes. They can go get Melvin Ingram, still. They can get a Akeem Hicks. You know, there's some guy, uh, some veteran guys out there that can still get pressure on the quarterback. And then you bring in a young defensive end that, you know, there's some young – this is a very heavy, you know, defensive end – uh, talented pass rushers, you know, even if you make them uh, pass rushing specialists because the thing about defensive ends in the college is, you know, some of them are weak against the run, you know, but they, they can get after the quarterback, which in this in this league, give me the pass rusher. <laughs> give me the guy who can get at it. I mean, yeah, I would like a guy who can stop the run, but I, I'd rather have a guy who's more effective getting pressure on the quarterback because at the end of the day, is a passing lead. And in our division, it's definitely a passing lead. Yep, hands with, down. With <laughs> Herbert and Russell Wilson, even with Derek Carr, those guys, when, when they got a clean pocket, they can sling it. <laughs> you could have all four of them in the yeah. top five at the end of at the season. Yeah. That's how. Say what you want about Derek Carr, but the dude puts up numbers. Yeah. And he could throw the football down the field. When he give him a clean pocket and he gets in that zone, he he can he can hurt you, and we know firsthand. Two years ago, he came in the Arrowhead and bust us in the mouth with with mediocre wide receivers. So, I'm just saying, we definitely need a, a pass rushing presence with Chris Jones. Hopefully, Chris Jones. Hopefully, this is the year that Chris Jones can be more consistent. You know, I'm not expecting him to have 20 sacks. But if he can give us 12, that would be beautiful. Mm-hmm. If he can give us 12 this year, and then Frank Clark, I'm setting the bar low for Frank Clark. If Frank can give us eight. <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't even know if I would even do that because here's here's my take on Frank Clark. It's like, really, this is a clean slate. Yeah. And it's like, it's, he had uh, an all-season distraction. He's like, well, where, where are that? True, uh, Came off the, you know, came into the season. He was injured. He's yeah. like, didn't play. He's like, I think he missed, like, the first few. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's just more so of a clean slate. I think he'll get back to where he was, especially, you know, him having to do the restructure. He's, I think he's going to make a statement to prove himself uh, again as far as him being that guy and why the Chiefs traded for him. I think it's like we'll see the, the Frank Clark effect go back exactly to the way it was that we initially expected, especially in that Super Bowl run year. Hopefully so. I, like I said, I'm setting the bar low. <laughs> I don't trust Frank Clark. He's always got injuries and stomach problems and things of that nature. So even so, what's crazy about it though, just look at the stat line. He had a quiet and I'm gonna say quiet nine sacks. I'm like, I can't even recall that many, but hey. Yeah. But it's like you know, it's, it's like I said, we're gonna we just wipe the slate clean and we'll see how they Oh, never mind, that's Chris Jones. That's why. There we go. But with Chris Jones though, like I said, um, it's like he had nine sacks last year. It's like he should be a double-digit sack getter. Mm. Yeah, there's going to be some challenges as far as with him say, being able to deal with some of the double teams. But I think uh, what's going to stand out is in those clutch moments, like towards the end of the game, what he does in those situations. That's what I'm going to be really looking at. Can he be the caliber of a, the game changer as far as uh, what we've seen from other key players that play his position. Like, can he be that? Can he take that to the next level and do that? And the thing about Chris Jones, too, I do think that he lost a little weight last year so he could be a defensive end. Yeah, that, too. It's like he did have to switch positions mm-hmm. in the middle of the – in the middle of the season because the the whole Chris Jones defensive end experiment didn't work. And then when they figured it out in the middle of the season, then they started to get hot. And then people had people in the right, in the right position, especially when they brought in Ingram. Yeah. That whole effect. I mean, it was it too late. Was it early? I mean, who can say? But the fact that they addressed it. Yeah. The thing about it is I think that hopefully Chris Jones comes in a little bit more stronger. Well, no, I don't want to say fatter, but more heavier. Mm-hmm. You know, to play his natural position, hopefully that'll help out a little bit to be more consistent. He get yeah. back to that year where he was on a roll. I think he had like twelve sacks that year. Yeah, consecutively. Yeah, he but was just on a roll. That's what it was. And then to, even to go back and everything, what I was saying is like Frank Clark. He had four and a half. That sounds like more realistically. That sounds what I was looking at. But like if they come in there with a clean slate, mind focus, you know, mm-hmm. Chris Jones, this is you're going to be D tackle. There is no D end experience. Mm-hmm. Frank Clark, come ready to go, ready to work. You got a clean slate. Make sure you say keep your nose clean. Do what you got to do. Um, as far as who they bring in, you know, could they could they bring in an Ingram and everything? It's possible. That would be nice to see. Um, but like I said, you know, when you bring in an Ingram, you're bringing in veteran veteran experience, which mm-hmm. does matter in those situations because even so you can look at a couple of games where it was key um hence the denver game as a matter of fact we've laid out that big hit yeah i think uh, when you have people like people like him in place that also allows other players to be able to take the next step how it affect the, the bolton effect i would say that's definitely relying on that um that's the important to make sure that they get it right with the right piece on defense we say hopefully they'll be able to do it on both sides with a key defensive end or whether it be a key Key, uh, corner, whatever that looks like. Yeah. You'll see the domino effect. <laughs> and bringing Ingram back is good because he's already started a relationship with the young guys. He's already he talked about it last year in some of his press conferences, you know, bringing the Turk Wardens and, the, you know, those guys under his wing, um, the Derek Notties. I, I could see bringing Ingram back. He already knows. He pretty much got a feel for the locker room, so he already knows. And you got to feel for him, too, as, you know, he's a pretty good leader. He, he seems like he's a good leader. And he, he wants to help the younger guys get better because he knows that getting the younger guys better makes the team better. So 
yeah, I'm all, I'm all for bringing Ingram back, drafting a young kid, putting him with Ingram, and, and let him take him under his wing, and let's go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm with that. You know, I'm good for that. I'm good with that as pass rusher. So let's talk about Tyron Matthew. I know y'all tired of hearing about Tyron Matthew, but, you know, everybody wants to say, ooh, is, it, is there a chance for, excuse me, the honey badger to come back? And honestly, I don't. I don't think Honey Badger is. I would be very surprised if I saw on Twitter the Honey Badger signing a two, three-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't see that happen. <clears throat> and a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of speculation. Oh, he wants to wait. He's waiting for money. This, 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 that, and the third. Here's my theory with Tyron Matthew from what I'm seeing. I think he took. he's taking a step back. I think he's taking a breather from football. I think he's doing all the things that he wants to do with his family and as far as his, you know, going to LSU and talking to the kids over there. Um, just going around. You see him going around signing autographs for people and doing what Tyron Matthew usually does. He's a genuine good guy. Everybody talks about his, you know, his off on Twitter rants. And I, sometimes I think Tyron Matthew does that to just, just to mess with y'all because he knows y'all going to bite. So I just think he does that to, to mess with the fans. But personally, I think Tyron Matthew is making his – because this is going to be his last contract. So this is a big decision for, for Tyron Matthew. And I'm pretty for sure he's sitting down with his wife, his, you know what I'm saying, and, and trying to figure out, do I want to move to L.A.? Do I want to move to Vegas? Do I want to move to Indianapolis? You know, do I want to go to Pittsburgh? Because you got to pick your family up and move. <laughs> You know, this is another move that you got to make. You went from Arizona to to Houston to Kansas City. Now you're going to make your fourth stop. <clears throat> so I think that he's trying to he's trying to set it up to where this is going to be his last stop in an NFL uniform wherever he goes. So I do think that he's sitting up here mauling his decision, making sure that he's make the right decision not just for him, but for his family. You know, he's got kids, you know, they you made sure that they get to the right school system, all that stuff. That stuff matters. And so, you know, and he's, you know, leaving the community of Kansas City, which he got, you know, he got used to being in, you know. So now he's got to switch his whole lifestyle up. So I just think that he's sitting back, <clears throat> you know, getting all, you know, doing his vacation thing with his family, spending time with his family. And I think probably, you know, I think a little bit before, I think a week or two before the draft, we'll find out where Tyron Matthew goes. I, I mean, do. I mean, he's already got a great story as it is. Like from, they followed him back in his collegiate career and mm-hmm. how successful he was. And then there was a few issues here and there. And we didn't know it was like if he was going to get picked up in the NFL and how that, I mean, it was a road. It, it's a, it was a long road to get to where he is, yeah. to where he's like, where we didn't know if he's going to be able to perform in the league at the highest level right. to now being uh, a leader uh, vocally, emotionally. Um, and then also obviously being a Super Bowl champion to, to that, to add to that resume as yeah. well. Yeah. So it's going, it's like, I would say there's, Hold out. We'll see how it's going and everything. So we definitely 
hope and wish for the best for him, no matter yeah, what. You no know, no matter what team he chooses, you know, it's, like it's got to be the it's got to be the right one for him. And, like, and, and as you spoke of, it's like to his family. You know, like either way, we just wish him the best. Yeah, most definitely. You know, you know these these players are human too. We we look at these guys and we look at them, and you know, they do amazing things on this field and. We look at them like, you know, almost, now I ain't going to say God, but, you know, God-like almost. Like, you know, we look at them like, oh, God, some of the things that they do on the field. But we've got to forget. We Sometimes we forget they're human, man. They they got to make decisions just like just like if, if a job offer came to you and you was getting hit with 20 million different job offers because you're one of the best at what you do with your job, you got to make a decision, man. Do I want to leave where I live it at or do I want to, you know, Stay where I'm at. You know, I'm I'm still making pretty good money here, blah, blah, blah. So you got sometimes you got to make that big decision, and it takes time. It takes time. So, yeah, we wish with Tyron Matthew the best on wherever he goes. Hopefully he don't go to the Raiders or Chargers. But we wish him the best, man. Wherever he can get the most money he can get to provide for his family and where he's happy, you know, I wish him the best, man. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <clears throat> that's pretty – I mean, it's been kind of a slow week, man. It's not really going on, just a bunch of speculation going on, you know. Um, hopefully, you know, we got the draft coming up. Um, I, I, You know, I, I plan on going down there at least – I know for the first day I'm going to be there for sure. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's like it's, we're in the official draft month, so, you know, yeah. there's a lot of reason to be, be excited about. And then, obviously, you know, with the – News. There's still more news to be put out there. Um, you know, obviously, with the signing of Wagner to the Rams, you know that was a big splash that people were looking for, and pe- I think a lot, several people were kind of expecting to be a domino effect for other people. But it's actually been relatively quiet as far as I ain't, um, ain't expect Bobby Wagner to get five years, fifty something million dollars, sixty-five. Up and up and up well, to sixty-five. Well, my only question was, where in the world are the Rams getting this money from? It's like they talking about forget them picks and everything, forget the picks. Where's the money coming from? Is like, do you have a secret account going on or something you don't know about? The salary but, cap is a myth. <laughs> it's a myth. That's but, what I learned. The salary <laughs> cap is a myth. They move money around. They they do all this stuff with these contracts. They got they got wording in these contracts where they can convert people's contracts into signing bonus money, and it opens up the cap space. <laughs> Chiefs do it all the time. Next thing, remember when we had 144k? Uh huh. Next thing you know, we have how much we had? Like 20 million. <laughs> they make it happen, man. It's a, it's all a myth. Yep. Don't believe in the salary cap. <laughs> They found loopholes and they figured this thing out. They say it's a hard cap. No, it's not. It's not hard. It's soft. <laughs> it's weak. You know. Look at the look at the Saints. The Saints was like negative seventy four million in red. Yeah, there was so red it was burgundy. But then they got bad. like ten million in cap space. How do you do that? Well, I mean, they had to. They converted a, like twelve players. <laughs> they had to, and then obviously with the release and retirement of a few people, that works out and everything. But how, will that work out for the regular season? I don't know because you know they're in a whole. I think it's going to be a whole nothing but rebuild anyway for them. 
But even so, it's like there's still so much to figure out. Um, like we said, you know, it's more so those things where he's kind of be looking out, it's like what's going on in the next couple of days. Like I said, it was still, it was still relatively quiet. Obviously, with the sign of Ronald Jones, that was good, and then also Bush uh, getting his uh, contract getting that hey, signed. And, and shout out to Bush, man. I feel bad for Bush, man. He got announced, you know, he said, you know, he made his announcement. What up, Chiefs Kingdom? And it was the same day Tyreek Hill get traded. Yeah, that was, that was that was foul, though. <laughs> Talking about we said we're sad because, like, no, nah, man, be, be happy for this man. This man living out doing his dream job, yeah. coming to a Super Bowl contender, like, give me a break. Yeah. So like he had to say like step on this man's toes and ruin, well, I'm not going to say ruin his day because now he's on, I mean, being signed to a Super Bowl contender, I don't see how that ruins your day whatsoever. But like, give me a break, Chiefs Kingdom. It was like, he didn't deserve that. Yeah. But, you know, shout out to Dion Bush, man. He was a good sport, man. Came back the next day, said, what's up? Everybody welcomed him to Chiefs Kingdom, and as they should. And we should welcome all these new players, man. Uh, the Chiefs, they, they made some moves that I like, man. They made some guys. They brought in some guys who – a lot of guys who are, have a lot to prove, a lot of chip-on-their-shoulder type yeah. guy with the Jujus, with the MVSs, with Rojo. Rojo got a bad rap in Tampa Bay. He was in the doghouse a lot of times – Especially when Leonard Fournette got there, you know he he, he ba kind of kept trying to find somebody to replace Rojo every year. So I just think that coming to Kansas City, him and Clyde could be a good one-two punch, um, doing what they do. Maybe get one more wide, uh, running back in there. I still want them to get a guy who got speed, breakaway speed, just hit the sideline and go. Yeah, and you know, you still you still got time to find out. It was like, I think Gore seemed to have learned quite a bit. And going, so yeah. You saw some action with him. So yeah. Even some of the times he had in garbage time. Go back to, I want to say, the Pittsburgh Steelers regular season game. Kind of mm-hmm. look at that game. So yeah. You saw some flashes and stuff that he could be. Yeah, he, he's definitely a, he was definitely a good running back, for, you know, at spots for us. So, <clears throat> like I said, you know, we could definitely – Maybe get somebody in the later rounds of the draft, or we could bring back a veteran. I, I mean, we could bring back McKinnon. You never know. You never know. So, like I said, Chiefs Kingdom, hopefully we get some more news, maybe even the, the weekend or next week. But, you know, just, you know, that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to make this thing work. And by the time uh, training camp comes, this this, this team will be, you know, in tip-top shape. I, I believe and I trust in the front office and the people that's running it over there. So Yeah, it's still 27 days away from the draft. A lot yeah. can happen. I mean, you're still in the free agency. is still active. I mean, um, still still pieces to be had, still contracts to be dealt with. Yeah. And hopefully nobody else wants out of their contract. You never know. Somebody might go off the deep end and say, hey, I want out. I mean, we're we seeing it with coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm moving down or I'm moving up. We haven't we're seen – you know, just because it's happening to coaches, don't be, it's going to happen to players too. So, like I said, just take it one day at a time. You, we'll see what happens. You mean when Tom Brady told the, the Glacier family, you better fire that man and get him out of my face. <laughs> Told BA, look, man, we love you, brother. Thank you for the Super Bowl. We're gonna have to move you out of the coaching spot. Tom doesn't want to play for you no more. I think that's what happened. I do, I do. Well, even so, his health too, as well. Yeah, you know, t- t- yeah. yeah but BA does have have health concerns. He did have cancer at one point. So, mm-hmm. but still, you know, good for Ty Bowles, another black man getting a coaching job. Yep. So shout out to him. So, <clears throat> but that's our time today, Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, if you are a new listener 
and you want to listen to us more, and you know you want to find a spot, you know, a podcast streaming area to listen to us. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, um, Alexa Music, Music, or Amazon Music, uh, Stitcher, Breaker, wherever you listen to your streaming podcast. You can find Arrowhead Chief Podcast. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're also on TikTok. Also, you can follow us on um, or subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, all Arrowhead Chief Podcast, follow us. We will follow you back on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and if you want to follow me, my personal page, Chris, C R I S underscore style. 702 on Twitter and just 70282 on Instagram. So, Mark, you want to give you a shout out? Yep. Uh, go ahead and follow me on DJ Ant Marks, DJ A N T M A R K S. You can find me there on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, sir. So, that's it for today for the Arrowhead Chief Podcast. Hope y'all have a great rest of your week and weekend. Be safe. And we're gone, Chiefs Kingdom. Go, Chiefs. <laughs>